There's a word from the Lord this morning as we continue the series that God has given us entitled Seeing Others as God Sees Them. Seeing Others as God Sees Them. It is important that we see others as God sees them. And when we see others as God sees them, we will treat others as God treats them, which is also so important. This is the six of 12 messages in this series. Today's message is special because it occurs in the month of October on this Sunday in which I have taken the opportunity to talk about the significance of genuine worship. October at the Bible Way Church of Atlas Road has been designated as Worship and Arts Month. That in this entire month, we always stress the significance of worship. When we were live in services, we would talk about it and Worship and Arts Ministry would do special projects and they still are. Uh, but we usually took the entire month to talk about the significance of worship. God has given me this sermon in this series to talk about genuine, authentic worship. Now let me warn you that perhaps this message is somewhat challenging to many who are churchgoers and many who are self-processed faith walkers. This is challenging because oftentimes God does challenge us. I had planned to share this message some time ago. In fact, this is a message that uh, I almost preached last year or the year before, Pastor Mac, but never got the release from God to preach it until now. And I think it perhaps is an appropriate time to preach it, considering since March we have been doing virtual services. And the enemy perhaps have challenged us in our worship experience. The enemy perhaps have said to many that if you're not in church, at the church, you can't truly worship God. That certainly is not the case. And it's not the case that we should expect everyone else to be like us in our worship. Hear this word from the Lord. My prayer is that you would accept it in the manner in which God has given it to me to share with you. The text is found this morning in the gospel that has been recorded by St. John chapter 12 verses 1 through verse 7. And we've chosen the New Living Translation as the version of this text that we want to read to you this morning. St. John chapter 12, verses 1 through verse 7, the New Living Translation. Hear the reading of God's holy word. Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. That is an important thing to note. Verse number two says, 
a dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then verse 3 says, Mary took a 12 ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard and she anointed Jesus' feet with it wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. The verse four, but Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said that perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. Yes, sometimes there are thieves even among Jesus' followers. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Look at verse 7 is where the subject for this message today is found. Jesus replied, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. We ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word. The subject for today's message, the subject for this sixth message in the series, the series once again is entitled Seeing Others as God sees them. Subject for this message is lifted directly from verse 7. That second clause of verse 7, we find these three words, which is our subject for today. Leave her alone. That is the subject for today's message. Leave her alone. Listen, we are challenged. We have been, we are challenged. We will continue to be challenged in this series to see others as God sees them. In doing so, it is very important, and please listen to this and take this in the manner in which God has given it to me. It is very important that we do not judge others as it relates to how they choose to worship or as it relates to ways they may choose to serve God. Unfortunately, too much of that goes on. There are folk who think that there's only one way you can serve God, and that is the way they choose to serve. There are folk who think that there's only one way you can worship. That is the way we worship. There are folk who will judge you if you don't worship exactly like they worship and how they worship. 
There are those who judge denominations and other churches mainly because they don't do it the way they do it. I know I've grown up in the church all my life. I've heard the songs. I've heard the cliche one way to God. One, one, one. Amen. But there are hundreds, if not more and more ways you can worship God. So God said to me as I was praying for a message in this month of October to highlight the significance of worship. God says, I want you to take a different slant this Sunday and this year. I want you to talk about the dangers of intolerance, the danger of people not being open to other people and how they choose to worship. Too often, we as people of faith expect others to do as we do, to worship as we worship, to serve the Lord in the manner that we have chosen to serve God. And there are people who build whole denominations around that. There are people who build the foundation of their local church on the fact that we are different than everybody else. Our way is the right way. What they're doing is not the right way. I'm here to tell you the devil is a liar. That is not the case. Listen, there is no template given as it relates to proper worship or no standard way to serve God as it relates to worship. There are no instructions given about worship. And I know I'm familiar with that too. I, I, I've been fortunate to be educated uh, in the Bible and, and, and have, have received somewhat of a decent education in biblical scholarship. And so I know the poetic Psalms. I'm familiar with the songs of Solomon. I'm familiar with Proverbs. We, we teach them on Tuesday night. I'm familiar with David and how he worshiped God. But I've yet to find a template or instructions on this is the only way you can worship. This is how you've got to worship. And if you don't dance, then you're not saved. If you don't holler, then something is wrong with you. If, or if you holler, <laughs> something is wrong with you. Or if you dance, that is too much. Do it genuinely and sincerely and it will be right from the Lord's perspective. In fact, the best scripture reference in the New Testament to this is found in John chapter 4 and verse 24. In fact, we're going to preach from that text next Sunday. But this one verse stands out. It says, Jesus says, to the woman from Samaria at the well, for God is a spirit and those who worship him must worship him. Listen to what Jesus says. This is how you've got to worship God in spirit and in truth. Just be genuine. Just be truthful. If you don't feel it, don't fake it. Don't, don't just do it because everybody tells you to do it. I know one of, the, one of the things, and when we were in church, we can be a touchy-huggy church. That was pre, 
pandemic. After pandemic, there aren't going to be too many hutchy, touchy, feely churches left. Some some folk are kind of happy about that. Uh, but 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 if you choose not to do that, that's all right. If if you choose not to be as as open and 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 and, and as active and as other people, that's all right. But don't judge other people if they do. Let them praise God. In fact, leave them alone. <laughs> if they want to holler, holler. They want to run, run. If you want to clap your hands, clap your hands. Perhaps one of the things I like about the pandemic is that the pandemic can shift out the hypocrisy. Because there is no audience for you to put on your theatrical performance. And if you really are a praiser, it doesn't stop because there aren't people to witness your praise. If you really like to clap your hands, you can clap your hands in your house, in your backyard, by yourself. If you really like to say hallelujah, thank you Jesus, you can do it by yourself. And if you're quiet and don't like all that noise in your ear, you've loved the last seven months. Because you don't have to worry about people getting on your nerves. You can praise God within your own bubble. May I preach this? Listen, ironically, what I've discovered is that those who are quick to judge others are often some of the most insincere and hypocritical people you would ever meet. And that's why one of the things, and those who are close to me know this, my pet peeve is don't you judge other people. God has given you, God has not given you the right to judge anybody else. Amen. If you don't like how they worship, that's between them and God, not you. If you don't like how they choose to serve God, that's between them and God, not you. On the other hand, I have also discovered this. Some of the most sincere and genuine worshipers I have ever met are people with no fanfare, no titles, not on anybody's worship team, uh, hardly ever know their name. You don't know who they are or where they're from. All you know is they're worshipers. <laughs> Those are the true worshipers who say, I don't need a fanfare, I don't need an audience. I just want to do what God asked me to do. One of the things that we've discovered in the last seven months are real faithful people come to the top uh, in a time of crisis. There, there are those who've stopped everything for the last seven months. Not only are you not going to church, you're not giving, you're not uh, encouraging other people, you're not involved in it. You push the pause button. But true worshipers, when the situation changes, when the circumstances change, your worship does not change. Your worship remains the same. In fact, there are some of us who save our best praise for our worst days. We, we are praising God now more than we've ever praised God before. True worshipers realize is that God 
is worthy of their praise all the time. Here's the way David the psalmist push, puts it. I will bless the Lord at all times and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. You can praise God wherever you are, on your job, on your house, or driving your car, wherever you are. You can always give God, because true worshipers worship God anywhere. You heard me tell the story before I get into the text about my father. And, I, and many of you heard me say it. And, and, and sometimes my wife says I border on redundancy because I tell it over and over again. But I grew up learning more the more you do it and the more you say it. So I tell the story about my dad in the car driving teenage boys to basketball games, picking them up after school, doing that. But I knew dad was a worshiper and a praiser. And, and, and it didn't really matter where he was. Or who he was around. He just knew that God deserved his praise. And sometimes we'd be riding in the car and I see dad just humming. And then I know, uh oh, something is about to happen. He gets a little anxious and he started like quaking. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I said, oh, I know something about to happen. Don't do it, daddy. Don't do it in front of my friends. I got my buddy Alfred here and Rico and there and Phil Flowers and all of us in the car. And here you are about to go. And Mac, here it goes. Daddy was, oh, hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. I used to judge that, brother musicians, until I got old, until I started raising my own family, until I started dealing with life's problems. Then I understood a little bit about dead, dad's praise. Dad's praise was when I think of his goodness and all he's done for me, my soul cries out. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah right now. Somebody in your house, in your living room, wherever you are, right now, you ought to just lift those hands and tell the Lord, Lord, I thank you. Woo! Genuine worship. Look, let us transition to the text. As we turn to the text, let us witness what was Jesus' interaction with one of these special individuals, a genuine, a sincere worshiper. In our text, and this is, let me preface this to all of you self-proclaimed Bible scholars. Let me tell you that I understand the text. A little bit, I understand the controversy associated with this gospel narrative. Pastor Mack and Pastor Willamay, this is probably one of those gospel narratives that have uh, gendered more debate than any others in the gospel. Why? There, there is a constant debate of whether or not there is an error somewhere in the biblical accounts of this story. There is the school of thought that perhaps there were two or three incidents where uh, different women would wash Jesus' feet. I understand that. I understand that it is recorded in all four of the gospel accounts, and all four of them seems to highlight something that is somewhat different. Matthew chapter 26, and uh, Mark chapter 14, and Luke chapter 7, and in our text, John chapter 12. But I've chosen John's account because John, unlike any of the other gospel accounts, gives a name. 
which leads to some of the debate. But it fits in with what God wants us to hear. In our text, John's account of this gospel narrative, it appears, it occurs days before Passover. In fact, it says six days before Passover. Oh, I wish I had time. And if I was teaching a class, I would go a little deep and tell you those six days are so significant because under Hebrew tradition, Pastor Mac, as you know this, six days before the Passover is when they prepared the lamb. And how they prepared the lamb was first to wash the feet and the head of the lamb to get the sacrificial lamb ready for Passover. So John, in his biblical wisdom, includes this in his text. John says six days before Passover, Mary uh, at Mary and Martha's house having dinner. This is where the gospel narrative is different. Again, don't want to get into that. Time would not permit. But let us take John's view. Mary... Uh, in this gospel narrative, the Bible says they're at Martha, Mary, and Lazarus' house. And Mary does something that is so unusual, something that is so expensive. Some of the gospel text says it was a box of alabaster oil. Some call it a, a jar of expensive perfume. But go with me on this. Mary, six days before the Passover, six days before Jesus' crucifixion, Mary goes in the house and everybody else is sitting there eating at the table and she decides having a meal and fellowship is not enough for me. So she takes the oil. She takes the expensive perfume and she breaks the box. Sister C.C. Winan sings a song about the alabaster box. She breaks the box of oil, the perfume, and she pours it on the feet of Jesus. And she wipes his feet with her hair. One of the gospel narratives say tears streaming down her face. Everybody else wanted to eat. She wanted to worship. Everybody else wanted to fellowship. She wanted to praise God in her own way. This was unique and special for the following reasons. I shall suggest to you that there are three reasons why what Mary did was so unique and so special. Reason number one, it was an act of genuine worship. What Mary did was worship. She didn't have a tambourine. She didn't have a band. She didn't sing a song. She just went before Jesus, tears streaming down her face. And she began to worship Jesus on her knees, wiping his feet with her hair. For she understood something, that Jesus was worthy of a worship. 
Now before you judge her worship, perhaps you ought to understand a little bit about her testimony. Perhaps before you judge what happens in chapter 12, you ought to go back to chapter 11. And in order to see why Mary was so moved, I'm sure that when she saw Jesus and she saw her brother sitting there at the table eating with Jesus, she could not help but think just a few days earlier, Lazarus was in the grave. Just a few days earlier, we had buried my brother and I ran to Jesus and said, if you had been here, Lazarus would not have died. Jesus said, show me where they lay him. Jesus marched to the graveside and he stood around and he said, this is for the glory of God. And he declared in John chapter 11, verse 44, Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible says he got up out of the grave with his grave clothes on. Jesus declared, loose him and let it go. See, you got to understand somebody's testimony before you judge their praise. Don't judge my praise unless you know my story. Don't judge my praise unless you know what I've been through. Don't judge my praise unless you know what God has done for me. Don't judge my praise unless you know he's been my heart fixer, mind regulator. God made a way out of nowhere. I've got a right to praise God. Come on and help me praise him. Come on and help me praise him. Take a minute and praise him. Take a minute and say, I've got a story that backs up my praise. I've got a story. I've got a testimony that backs up my praise. He put food on my table, clothes on my back, made a way out of... Woo! Somebody ought to praise him. Take 30 seconds and give God your best praise. Walk around your house. Walk around your yard. Wave your hands in the air. Shabbat the Lord your God. Woo! Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Tell him thank you. Ah, Lord, I thank you. Here's the second reason why what she did was so special. Reason number one, it was an act of worship. Uh, reason number two, it was an act of genuine love. Love is not only just what you say. Love is what you do. Mary loved the Lord with all her heart. Somebody somewhere right now say, I love you, Lord. 
with all my heart. I love you, Lord. If it had not been for the Lord, where would I be? Is there anybody right now that loves God so much that you've got to worship him? Anybody know that one reason why you worship the way you worship is because you love God the way you love him? And tell folk, don't judge my worship unless you understand the love that I have with the Lord. I love God so much because he's done so many things for me. God has been so good to me. Somebody, somewhere, ought to lift your hands. Tell the Lord I love you. Come on, somebody. Tell the Lord I love you. Tell the Lord I love you, Lord. Do you love him? Do you love him? Do you love him? Act like it. Act as if you love him. Do something for God that demonstrates, Lord, I love you. I love the Lord. He heard my cry. He pitied every morn. As long as I live, I'll hasten. Ah, ah. I'm trying not to preach hard on this. Somebody love the Lord. Somebody love the Lord. The old folk used to say, I love you. I love you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. Let me tell you something. Friday afternoon, Memorial Garden in Sumter. We had the homegoing service. 20 year old Shaday Span. Uh, honor roll student on the verge of becoming an orthodontist. Ooh, lost her life in a horrific car accident. Only daughter of her father and mother. Ooh, here's what touched me. Uh, Pastor Willamie and Maggie, you all were there. Uh, I couldn't get this out of my mind. At the end of the service, uh, they go to the casket. And my dear sister, Sister Hope, they give her a rose to put on the casket. Uh, Reverend Raph Canty does, and she lays the rose on the casket. Then she leans over on the casket, and she kisses her baby on the casket. Then she raises up, and she lifts her hands and says, but Lord, I love you. She said, Lord, I love you. I've lost my daughter, but I love you. My heart's broken but I love you. I don't understand, but I love you. Somebody ought to help me tell the Lord in the midst of your pain, Lord, I love you. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Do you love him? Do you love him? Do you love him in the midst of what I'm going through? was genuine love being demonstrated to God. It was a genuine act of love. And then here's the third and the last reason why what she did was so special. Number one, it was a genuine act of worship. Number two, it was a genuine act of love. But then it was a genuine act of sacrifice. 
she gave Jesus the most expensive thing she had. Go with me, somebody. Some of us, the Lord has been so good to us and we can't even give him 10%. And we can't even sow a seed into the kingdom. But Mary took something that was worth a year's wage. She took one year of her salary wages. That's what that perfume cost. It was not only it was an investment but here's what I came to understand can I preach this back this is what made the text so special it was custom for those who wash their neighbor's feet to keep perfume in the house and when a special neighbor come in the house I'm going somewhere they would take one drop of the perfume and put it in the water and then with a towel wash the neighbor's feet particularly if they were VIP they would take two drops if it was a governor if it was a Pharisees if it was a politician or a religious leader they would take two small drops put it in the water and wash the VIP's feet. But Mary, can I preach this? But Mary had a special guest in her house and the Bible said she took the whole box, she broke the whole box, emptied out everything she had because her testimony was God is worthy of all I have. Anybody know he's worthy? Anyone know he's worthy? Anyone know he's worthy? I dare you to praise him. I dare you to praise him. I invite you to praise him. Woo. Here's the deal, here's the deal, listen. Now Magnus blew my mind because one drop was expected for special guests. Two drops for extraordinary VIP guests. But when you empty the whole box and that's why Judas and the other disciples said to Jesus that is a waste of good money why would you take something that is a year's salary and use it all up one time on the feet of Jesus they criticized Mary Matthew chapter 26 says it was not only Judas but the other disciples began to criticize Jesus. And here is the subject. Jesus says to them in verse number seven, leave her alone. In other words, you don't know like she knows what I've done for her. 
Luke goes on to say that she was a sinful woman at one time in her life. So I'm here to tell you that when you praise God, the way you praise God, ignore the criticism of other people. Jesus said to them, leave her alone. In other words, she is giving me the best that she has. Ooh, my challenge, my question, my exhortation to you today is that have you given the Lord your best? Ooh, huh? Are you willing, listen to this, don't miss this, are you willing to break the jar and empty the box? Ooh. Or are you holding back a little something? Are you willing to say, here it is, God. Ooh, everything I am, everything I hope to be, I owe it all to you. So here's my best praise. Ooh. Mary broke the jar. Mary emptied the box. Ooh. And she poured it on Jesus' feet. And she washed his feet with her hair. Ooh. What a blessing. What a blessing. And so I've been challenged myself. God said to me as I began to put this message together. God says, don't hold back anything. Ooh. Give me your best. Preach like you never preached before. Ooh. Worship like you never worshiped before. <laughs> Who am I talking to right now on this second Sunday in October in the year 2020? Lift those hands and come on and help me praise him. Come on and help me. Come on and help me. Is your worship for real? Come on and help me. Come on and help us. Come on. Come on. I want to give everybody 30 seconds to give God your best praise. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. Worship God. Praise God. Woo. Come on, somebody. Listen. As we conclude this message, I leave with you three key takeaways that you should remember from this powerful gospel narrative that we ought to apply to our lives. Number one is this, seeing others as God sees them means we should not judge others by the way they choose to worship or how they choose to serve the Lord. Everybody doesn't have to do it the way you do it. And just because people don't do it the way you do it doesn't mean that they don't love the Lord. Amen. Don't judge anyone by how they choose to worship God, by how they choose to serve God. And then the second key takeaway and from today's message is this. The Lord recognizes the Lord appreciates all forms of genuine acts of worship and love 
and sacrifice. If it's genuine, it's right. <laughs> and I don't care what it is. If it's, if it's nothing more than you waving your hands, you don't, you don't even have to. Here's what the old church said. If I can't say a word. Uh, y'all don't know anything about that, do you? I'll just wave my hands. Everybody can't say it the way you say it. Everybody can't sing the way these angelic voices sing. But somehow in your spirit, you remember that God has been good to you. Somebody know that God has brought me from a mighty long ways. You kept my family. You, You kept them in perfect peace. When we should have lost our minds, In fact, when we were on the verge of losing our minds, Lord, you stepped in. You made a way out of nowhere. And then the last and the final one is this. Our genuine acts of worship, acts of love and sacrifice will never be in vain. (laughs) Can I tell you something? Your worship is not in vain. Your service is not in vain. I know the past seven months have been difficult, but it's not in vain. The Lord says not only will he bless you, but the Lord says I'll bless others because of your blessings. Look how the text ends. Listen to the final words of Jesus as it relates to this woman's testimony. Jesus says her story will one day be told and preached all over the world. That was over 2,000 years ago and on this Sunday, on this day, we are still talking about her acts of worship, love, and sacrifice. Whatever you do for the Lord, it is never in vain. Just make sure it's genuine. Just make sure it's real. I've come to the point in this ministry, in my ministry, in my personal life, and I tell others, don't ever compare yourself to anybody else. Just be genuine. Uh, Be the best preacher you can be, the best worship leader you can be. be. Be the best worshiper you can be. Be the best father and daughter you can be. Be the best brother or sister you can be. And it's not in vain. Listen, as we invite you to reevaluate or to evaluate your own situation, and we now extend this invitation to someone somewhere. The wonderful song that the worship team shall come forth with was written by Bishop Larry Trotter. The song is simply entitled, My Worship is for Real. Listen to what it says. You don't know my story. (laughs) Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And all the things that I've been through. Come on, somebody. (laughs) You can't feel my pain or what I had to go through 
to get here. You'll never understand my praise. (laughs) Don't try to figure it out. Because my worship, uh, my worship, my worship uh, is for real. Uh, Lord, because my worship, my worship is for real. Listen to the words. I've been through too much not to worship him. I need to say that again, Cedric. For somebody, somebody at your house, somebody on your job, you've been through too much. The enemy has taken you through too much. Try to destroy your family. Try to destroy your career. Try to ruin your life for you not to worship him. Then Bishop Trotter writes, lift those voices and say, Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Lord, my worship, my worship is for real. Come on, somebody, wherever you are, join in with us right now. Listen. You don't know. You don't know my sword. All the things that I've been I've been through a lot. You can't see. You can't feel my pain. Uh, What I had to go through. What I had to go through to get here. And you'll never understand my praise. Don't try to figure it out. Don't try to figure it out. Why? Because Uh, my worship. Because my worship. Yes, my worship. Yes, it is. My worship is for real. Because my worship is for real. Because my worship. My worship. My worship. Take it from the beginning. One more time from the top. Listen, you don't know my story. Hallelujah. Say. Somebody is lifting their hands to God right now. You can't feel my pain. What I had to go through. What I had to go through to get here. I've been through some things to get here. Yeah. You'll never understand my Oh, I like that praise team. That's all right. Don't try to Thank you all so much. Because my worship. Because my worship. Oh, yeah, yeah. My worship. It's real. Every time I lift my hands up, I say, My worship is. My worship is. It's real. Come on, somebody say, I've been through too much. Somebody's got a testimony. Now to worship you. Every time, every time I've been through, I've been through too much. 
like to that. Worship, to worship Him. Lift your hands up this morning. Just sing, sing hallelujah. 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 This is for all the worshipers. Yeah. I'm sitting here that my worship. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. Somebody ought to tell I'm saying this morning that my worship is you for your worship <laughs> or your service to God or your service to others just tell them leave me alone <laughs> my worship is for real Jesus said to Judas and the other disciples leave her alone <laughs> she had a reason to praise God <laughs> God had raised her brother from the dead God had transformed her life. Ooh. She had a reason to worship God. I'm here to tell you that no matter what you've been through and how difficult it is right now, find a way to praise God despite the circumstances and the situation, despite all the things that are going wrong in your life have not gone the way you desire do not allow that to impact your worship do not allow that to impact your praise 
there's a number on the screen you can call us right now I told you the story that I should never get out of my mind I would never get out of my mind this mother leaning over at that casket and kissing her daughter goodbye saying to her daughter I love you so much I'll miss you so much then she stepped away from the casket and lifted her hands and said and Lord I love you Lord I love you in the midst of my pain in the midst of my hurt and all that I can't imagine what it is to bury your child but yet you can lift your hands and tell the Lord Lord I love you come on somebody tell him oh Lord I love you somebody say Lord I love you Lord I love you As you close those eyes, and if you're in a position to lift your hands, whew, lifting of the hands is just symbolic to Lord, I surrender everything that I am and all that I hope to be. I, I totally yield myself to you. Whew. Somebody said something that encouraged me so much years ago. They said lifting of the hands also means I give up. <laughs> I surrender. I give up Lord I can't fix it <laughs> it's in it's on you right now if we're coming through this it's because you're gonna bring us through it Ooh, perhaps the country needs to lift their hands and say Lord we give up <laughs> we can't deal with the 100 year pandemic Ooh, but you can <laughs> if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways then will I hear from heaven Whew. then will I forgive their sins and then will I heal their land heal the land Lord heal the land Lord somebody needs healing the land needs healing the country needs healing too much racial division heal the land Lord too much partisan fighting heal the land Lord too, too much self indulged egos on all sides heal the land Lord right now we turn it over to you Lord touch someone in their homes right now we thank you Lord our worship is just a public demonstration of our love to you we sacrifice so much not because we are asked to do it, but because we want to do it. Mary gave one year's wages on your feet. <laughs> she took something that was worth a year's wages and she poured it on your feet because she knew that you were worthy and that you 
were to be praised. Someone needs healing and deliverance. Someone needs to make Jesus their choice. Help them understand this morning that their worship can be for real also. But it begins with a real genuine relationship with you. We thank you. We praise you. We honor you. In your holy, omnipotent, omniscient name. And we say amen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sing hallelujah. hallelujah. Right now, you can still Sing call that hallelujah. number. If you don't know the Lord as your Savior, if you, if you need his very present help in your life right now, call that number on the screen right now. We would love to pray with you. If you need a church virtual community, uh, give us a call right now. God loves you so much. Listen, I want to take this moment to say a very special thank you to all of you who have so wonderfully supported this ministry. It has been a challenge. It has been a challenge since March, but God has not let us down. And I thank you so much. Last week, we received correspondence from all over the world contributions from as far away as California and other countries, Italy and other places. People sowed seeds into this ministry and I am humbled by that. And I know it's not because I'm the only one or the best one. It's just because I'm one of the ones that God says, I'll use you if you don't take the credit for what I do. And I'll leave you with the words of my dad who told me 25 years ago as a young man, afraid out of my mind, how am I ever going to pastor a congregation? And dad says, son, if you don't take the credit, God will get the glory. He said, God's going to do something. But if you don't worry about the credit, God will always get the glory. And I'm saying to someone right now, God is about to get some glory out of what we're going through. Ooh, thank you. Continue to support November 2nd Sunday. Uh, God has been so faithful. Let me say this for the benediction. We are going to burn the mortgage on the second Sunday in November. Rain, sleet, tornado, hurricane. We're going to burn the mortgage because God gets the glory. And it has nothing to do with Pastor Jackson or anyone else. It has everything. See, because here's what, here's the message I want to go out. If God can do it through us and with us, God can do it for you. 20 years ago, God told us to embark upon a $17 million transformation of our community. Whew. Some called us crazy. Some said it'll never work. Some said, and I had, let me share this, it's personal. I had a friend of mine tell me this, Pastor Mac, that I hope you don't die 
and leave your church in so much debt. I've seen it happen to so many pastors before. So every week on my knees, my prayer is, Lord, let me leave them better off than what I inherited. And I'm here to tell you, as my dad says, I told you so. God has done just what God said he would do. And so when we celebrate, it is not about me. My name is not on anything on this church. There's not a road with my name on it. There's not a building with my name on it. There's nothing in this whole state that has my name on it. Nothing. <laughs> because it's not about Darrell Jackson. This is about God getting the glory. And so help us celebrate. Amen. Somebody ought to tell them one more time. Hallelujah. Come on, praise team. Help us. Thank you. As we prepare for the benediction, join us on Tuesday night as we continue that series, Words to Live By, Lessons from the Book of Proverbs. I am so encouraged by so many that have joined us on Tuesday night. This is going to be a very special Tuesday night. Amen. Call a neighbor and a friend and ask them to join in. Thank you again for your support and your faithfulness. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit. Rest, rule, and abide with us now, today, and forevermore. Wherever you are, tell the Lord amen. 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 Don't give up on your worship. Keep worshiping God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on in, tell him. Because my worship. Because my worship. Thank you. It's for real. Because my worship. We'd like to thank everyone for tuning in. If you desire prayer, please call 1-888-776-1238. There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account, or via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. If this sermon was a blessing to you, please be sure to share with your family and friends. For additional announcements and for more information, please be sure to visit our website at bwcar.org. High Five is a faith-based, nonpartisan voter participation project. Our mission is to conduct nonpartisan voter mobilization and participation among registered voters to maximize voter turnout. We want to encourage all registered voters to each find five people who are already registered to vote. 
Make sure that they receive and turn in their absentee ballot. Participate in early voting or get to the polls to cast their vote for November 3, 2020. In July 2016, during her stunning convention speech, Michelle Obama coined a phrase that continues to resonate with so many Americans. When they go low, we go high. As we move closer to November 3rd, we want to ensure that we increase voter turnout. There is no need for constant rhetoric, trickery, or mudslinging. This is a simple pledge campaign based on taking the high road and getting the work done. What work? The work of maximizing voter turnout. High Five is an effort to go high by emphasizing the simplicity of helping each other and creating a level of accountability among voters. Let's review. Find five people. Make sure that all five vote by assisting them in securing and turning in their absentee ballot. To help them to participate in early voting options or by physically taking them to the polls between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. on Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020. For more information about these options, visit scvotes.org.